This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 529 Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. No more secrets, staking superheroes, Bruce and Jimmy's prank war, R.I.P. Alfred, Gale keeps hitting on Arthur, out in the far sector, dial M for multiverse, and Lemire branches out. This is how I got my wife read comics for Sunday, November 24th, 2019. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get our feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Or you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher, but we ask that you leave us a review somewhere. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Event Leviathan 6 of 6 by Bendis and Maleev. The year of too many crossovers manages to wrap at least one of them up. Yay, finally! Manhunter Kate is taken down by Batman's team, and we get a sequence of Batman and Robin conversing via sign language since they are now being observed. If they're being observed, couldn't the people see them doing sign language? One would think. The other team arrives, and after a few tense moments, Zatanna zaps them all to the Batcave. During all this, Clark tells Lois what happened with Leviathan. We knew he was a manhunter, but now we know he's Mark Shaw, an obscure 70s version of the hero. His plan? To release all the secrets. Government, military, corporate, secret identities, everything. This will lay out all the governments, and then we can build something real, truthful. All the heroes arrive to stop him, but he manages to zap away. Are they screwed? Nope. Batgirl, who arrives in Deus Ex Machina style, says she has a gadget that Amanda Waller gave her that was necessary to send out the secrets. Huh? So the danger is gone, resolved in a panel. Blech. Yeah, so what was the point of even reading this? It was so, so bad. Lois writes up the story, and that's it, I guess. Oh, Shaw does check back in at the end to tease Leviathan Don. No! Flash forward number three of six by Lapdell, Booth, Raymond, and Guerrero. This is another in a long DC tradition of taking a critically cheered event and tacking a so-so sequel onto it. Wally continues to be Tempest Fusionaut's errand boy, shooting across the multiverse, collecting dark energy while trying to atone for his terrible deeds from Heroes in Crisis. We find ourselves on Earth-43, complete with Doom symbol in the sky. Hi, Year of the Villain! which is apparently supercharging the metas of that world, who happen to be vampires. Wally saves citizens from the undead while kicking the latter's asses, including their Superman. It's clear that Wally is somehow getting better at his job. He runs into Barry, of course, and has to be saved by Arsenal. Of course, Wally killed Arsenal on Earth-1, and so has a lot of feeling about this. They team up, break into the Batcave... Deal with the head bat, dropping him into the nuclear pile, but not before Bruce Vamp kills Arsenal again. 
I'm hoping this is leading to something, but I'm not holding my breath. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number 5 of 12, by Fraction, Lieber, and Fairbairn. This miniseries weaves back and forth between issues that actually move the plotline needle and others that are just insane. This one is the latter. We have Bruce going out with a social influencer, telling her he's Batman, and then says he's joking. Superman and Batman meeting up on a rooftop with Jimmy tagging along. You brought a civilian? The guy who builds the giant props being interviewed by Timmy. Timmy getting Batman's attention by stuffing jokers into a frozen yogurt place. Bruce, back in the cave, learning that Alfred has been paying off people for years to laugh at his jokes to the tune of $85,000. Jimmy's fake funeral, where the mourners quickly recognize that an artificial decoy corpse is involved. A historical doomed romance between a Luthor and an Olsen in 1888 and Jimmy meeting up with his goth sister Janie, only to set off Bruce's prank, a cat that pukes up blood? Wow. Batman number 83 by King, Janin, and Belair. We were fed a lie earlier in the run that Alfred had been saved from Bruce and Thomas Wayne via a switcheroo. Well, turns out that's not the case. Alfred sacrificed himself because he knew that Bruce wouldn't start his counterattack until he knew Pennyworth was safe. Most of the issue is Alfred's last and very long final words to Bruce, replete with poetry. It's all very touching. Alfred Pennyworth, 1943-2019, to R.I.P. Bruce cradles Alfred's dead body in his arms and is then taken out to see Bane. At this point, Bane assumes that Bruce is broken and will finally surrender. Not so much. King has two more issues to wrap this up. The death of Alfred is yet another sign that 2020 will be a major DC shakeup since all the rules are being broken. Black Hammer Justice League number 5 of 5 from DC and Dark Horse by Lemire, Walsh, and Pecos. The Hammer team need to agree to voluntarily return to the farm or Mixplick won't reverse all the chaos he's created, and Gale, of course, is not on board. Meanwhile, part of the League continues to fight the demons back at the farm, the ones that Dragonfly released, so why doesn't Dragonfly just stop that herself? In the end, the others manage to talk Gale into going back. The teams are reunited, including Flash, while the others thought he had died a decade earlier, and all team up to fight the demons before Dragonfly wishes them away. Again, why were they fighting them and then just like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm controlling this so I could just get rid of them. A family dinner back at the farm before the League is sent back. So, what's the deal with Aquaman anyway? He's seeing someone? Arthur. He's married, Gale. For now... Oh, but the best part was when Barb Alien asked about him as well. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Weird is pulled back into the Parazone. It turns out this is what Mixie wanted all along. Access to that zone and the multiverse. This will not end well. Far Sector Number 1 from Young Animal by Jemson and Campbell. The award-winning fantasy writer of the Broken Earth trilogy. Do you know what that is? Do you I do. That? Okay. I have not read it yet. It is on my list to read. Okay. I was just curious. Yes. I, I, I didn't know how acclaimed it actually was. It is very acclaimed. Okay. Uh, she actually won three years in a row for the installments. Wow. Yes. Okay. And the hot artist of Naomi are brought together for a new kind of Green Lantern. 
a rookie lantern is sent to a sector way off the beaten path in order to investigate a murder in a world where this hasn't happened for 550 years. How could this be? Three related worlds were invaded, and after the incursion was stopped via brutal methods, they all agreed that emotion was a bad idea. So it was removed from their new society. Most of this issue is necessary world-building, a council of the various races who, despite lack of emotions, can snipe at each other very well. A history lesson about how we got here, a rookie lantern who's not fully powered up, the issue ends with the murder of a suspect. The artwork is truly spectacular, and the decision to focus on a Green Lantern as a space cop is smart. There are rumblings that the upcoming 2020 event will involve a changing of the guard, no more Clark, Bruce, Diana, Hal, Barry, and that this Green Lantern, Moline, will move into Hal's spot. We'll see. Dial H for Hero number 9 from Wonder Comics by Humphreys, Quinones, and Gibson. Miguel and Summer are hiding out as interns at the Daily Planet with a cameo from Steve Lombard laying low to avoid Mr. Thunderbolt. Summer is fine with this, but Miguel wants to use the H dial, actually the C dial, which is in his backpack. Meanwhile, Thunderbolt is working with his club to collect the four dials, which will give him access to the multiverse. Snapper Car arrives to give Miguel a message, pick up the phone. It's the operator who ironically warns Miguel not to use the phone while he's talking to him on that same phone. Snapper also drops off a newly souped-up food truck, now called Mayoverse Madness, with orders to use it to find the other dials. Instead, Miguel decides to use the dial himself, becoming the early adopter. His powers involve bleeding-edge tech that doesn't always work well. Thunderbolt senses the dial being used and sends out his club, also dialed up, to retrieve it. They become tweenage irritable librarian geckos, or tweenage irritable gangster geckos, or tweenage irritable pirate geckos, or tweenage irritable butcher geckos, all sporting the classic Eastman artwork. They argue over their catchphrase while fighting the early adopter when Lolo Kikyu, Summer, arrives to save him. They're off in the food truck to the multiverse. Family Tree, number one from Image by Lemire and Hester. We're suckers for Lemire's work and normally pick up at least the first issue of his new stuff. This one has a horror element to it and is very reminiscent of Sweet Tooth. Single mom Loretta is having a bad day in her small town in Maine. Her job at the grocery store sucks. Her son Josh is in trouble at school again. Her daughter Meg seems to have a rash. This last point becomes critical as the rash turns into branches growing out of her skin. There's a car crash on the way to the hospital and some sort of goons attack them, only to be saved by Loretta's dad. Clearly he knows a lot about this. The narration indicates that civilization is about to completely change. Yeah, I really thought this was very Sweet Tooth-esque. Yes, it will be interesting to see where it goes. I'm sure we'll continue to get this one. Yeah. All right, before we get out of here, it's time to play America's fastest growing new game show. I guess who's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly? Or monthly. Are you ready, Mark? I'm ready. Okay. TV related? No. Movie related? Yes. Uh, one person on the cover? No. Two? No. Three? No. Uh, there are human beings on the cover? Yes. Uh, so lots and lots, lots of, of them. Is it uh, all about one movie? Yes. Um, is it some uh, intended blockbuster movie? Yes. It's a movie that's not out yet? Yes. Um, is it coming out this year? Yes. Um, 
Is it genre-related? Yes. Is it superhero-related? No. Okay. Is it science fiction-related? Yes. Science fiction-related, big movie coming out, this, um, and uh, is it uh, is it a sequel? Yes. Uh, is it Star Wars, uh, hey, here comes the Skywalkers or whatever it's called? <laughs> here comes the Skywalker. Is it? Um, it is, yes. Okay. Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of the Skywalker. So, I think it's just Skywalker, isn't it? Is, is it the last Skywalker or no, something? No, it's the Rise of Rise. the Skywalker. Oh, okay, that's right. I told you that. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to go see it? Oh, yeah. But I'm in no enormous hurry. I These... think there's something else we want to see before then. Probably. <laughs> like, probably 18 things. Yeah. It'll be on Disney Plus pretty quick. That's true. <laughs> I I guess I'll have to see it in the theater, though. <laughs> but 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 apparently you're it's going to be really hard to get tickets initially so it's like okay well I'll give it a week and you know then go see it Okay, announcer bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.